Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Well, good morning. It is great to have you guys here this weekend. You know, this is a big, big weekend for a lot of people. And it is graduation weekend, and we're super proud of all of our graduates. And let's give them a hand today. Man. Super, super excited about all of our graduates and this huge accomplishment in their life. And um, I want to mention something to you real quick. If you look around a little bit, it is packed. And uh, this is a great opportunity for me to just invite you to attend our Saturday night service. And um, we have a Saturday, if you are not aware of this, we have a Saturday night service at 5 o'clock. And it's just a great, great service to be able to attend. And, um, you know, our 11 o'clock service and 9.30 service also are probably the, the primary services that we, ex- we have. Our new guests show up. And so we want to continue to make space for people and, and uh, continue to reach people for the kingdom of God. And so I just, man, I... I I want to encourage you to think about moving to the Saturday night service if you can. And, man, uh, a lot of people that started going to the Saturday night service used to think, man, I don't know if I want to go to church on Saturday night. They go now on Saturday nights, and they're like, now I don't think I want to go on Sundays. (laughs) They love Saturday nights. And plus, Chick-fil-A is open on Saturday. So, uh, right? You're a good Christian if you go to Chick-fil-A. But anyways... (laughs) Um, man, let's get into our teaching uh, today, and we're, we're in this series that it, we've entitled, you Got What It Takes. Have you ever felt like you did not have what it takes? Lots of times. I know when I get it, play sports, I oftentimes <laughs> feel like I don't have what it takes. Um, just, man, there's so many things we look in our life and we think about, man, I don't think I have what it takes. I know when I was playing softball, uh, our church had a lead. We played and we had a team. And, and uh, Pastor Keith, if you know him, he's super competitive. And I always have to remind him he's a Christian and, <laughs> and that he's a pastor because he gets intense. And I'm like, you know, I, we were playing and, on this team. And then I, I got bumped down to, you know, like to co-ed. And then I knew I was in trouble when I got bumped down on co-ed to the bench. And I was sitting around talking to Rochelle and different people, throwing rocks and stuff. And they never get to play. And I was like, I don't think I have what it takes. You know, a lot of us in life do not feel like we have what it takes. We look at our life and and and. We see who we are, and, and I'm just going to say this to you. When you look on the inside, you look on the inside of, of, of your being and your heart and who you are and what, you know, the truth about you. You don't feel like you have what it takes. You don't feel like you have what it takes to be a great dad or great mom, great husband. You don't feel like you have what it takes just to be a good person in life. And when you start to hear us talk about that you have what it takes, you're like, I don't think I believe that. And part of it is that your belief system is you have been programmed to believe that you don't have what it takes. 
I think part of the problem is a lot of us are very forgetful and we forget things. We forget who we are. And we forget to see ourselves. And this part of this series is getting you to a place that you start to see yourself as God sees you. That you start to be able to say, I can step into that next season of my life because I see myself as God sees me. You know, I was thinking about this and, and uh, really how we see ourselves and how easy it is to forget. And I, man, I'm, I am the captain of forgetting things. Like I forget stuff all the time. And like, for example, at, at, at our house, I like forget where I leave stuff. How many of y'all like you forget stuff like, man, all the time? How many of y'all do it on purpose? <laughs> it's like a lot of us. You know, one of the things, some of y'all may not know this, about a year ago, I had to start wearing glasses. And I, I, I can see fine close up, but far off I can't see. So like y'all in the back, y'all are lucky I can't really see y'all. But I can't watch TV without glasses. I mean, it's just like I tried to convince my wife, let's get a bigger TV, and I went through that whole process. She's like, no, you need glasses. Well, I lose my glasses all the time. I forget where I put them. And, man, it's like it's serious at the house, and and a lot of times I have to pull the pastor card with God. And I have to remind the Lord that you call me in the ministry, and I'm a pastor, and I love God. And I love you, Lord, so please help me find my glasses right now. I'm not beyond that. I'll pray that prayer to God. God, hey, I'm Pastor Creekwood. Come on, Lord, help me find my glasses. And I'll go around the rooms looking everywhere, looking for my glasses. And like a lot of times I'll even break down and ask my wife to help me. And, And my wife like doesn't have enough, like sometimes doesn't get real excited about the hunt. I'm like, babe, this is a crisis. Help me find my glasses. I remember a while back I was looking for my glasses, couldn't find them. I'm walking around the house. My wife's in the bedroom and I'm like, babe, I can't find my glasses. I'm going out in the garage. I'm looking everywhere. And I walk in there and I'm getting frustrated and I'm like, she needs to get with it. Come on, we're a team. We're supposed to be a part of one team, and she needs to help me. And I walk in there, and she's laying in bed, and, and I'm like walking up to her, and I'm just like, babe, come on, please help me find my glasses. And she looks at me, and she's got this weird look at her face, kind of laughing at me, and I'm like, I'm really getting upset. <laughs> and she looks at me, and she says, Stephen, your glasses are on your head. And I'm like, what? Oh, you know, I spent so much energy looking and searching for something that I had on my head. I was looking all over the house for something that I had. It was, it was on my head. I think there's a spiritual principle there for a lot of us here today is that so many of us, we are searching for something that we already have. That you're searching in your life for something that you already have inside of you. There are people here today that when you talk about your identity and and you're searching 
You're trying to find something that you already have. And, um, we're looking for love. We're looking for significance. We're looking for somebody to validate us. We're looking for somebody to love us. And our identity is all messed up. We're searching for all of these things and we're looking for somebody to see us for who we are, for somebody to acknowledge us. And what happens is is we're trying to find that outside of our relationship with God. And what we don't understand is what we're searching for in our life, what we want so bad, we already have it. You are a child of God. You have the validation. You are loved. I I love this scripture in Romans chapter 9. I I want to read this to you because I I think that part of you stepping into this new identity and you understanding who you are in God and that you have what it takes. This is an incredible scripture in Romans chapter 9, verse 25. And I love the way the message puts it. But this is the Apostle Paul. And he quotes the book of Hosea in the Old Testament. And it's really a powerful look at our new identity. This is what he says. It says, I call nobodies and make them somebodies. I don't know if you've ever felt like a nobody. It says, I call nobodies and make them somebodies. I call the unloved and make them beyond, make them beloved. In the place where they yelled out, you're nobody. They're calling you God's living children. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and I love this because it, this, this scripture shows us that, that God makes us somebody. God makes us loved, that God says that we are his children. And I think that this is, this is something that I, so many of us, we're looking for things We're looking to be validated. We're looking for our identity in in so many different places. And and we have a a choice to make. Every single day, are you going to base your identity on your circumstances, on your emotions, on people's opinions? Are you going to base your identity on on your job? Or are you going to base your identity on who you are in the kingdom of God? See, most of us... Really, when you start talking about identity in church and and you start talking to a Christ follower about their identity and who you are, this is is a big struggle. I think a lot of us as Christ followers have real issues with identity. Our identity is, is very messed up. This is why we do not have faith to believe that God can use us. Our identity and how we see ourselves, man, we we see ourselves as nobodies. We see our, we we feel invisible. They're they're middle school students and high school students that, man, you, you talk to them and they feel invisible. They feel like they're nobody. This is not just middle schoolers. This is not just high schoolers. This is adults that are, you have accepted Christ into your life. You are a Man, you are a child of God, and yet you feel like you're a nobody. 
It's an identity issue. It's an identity crisis where you don't believe that you have what it takes to do something great for the kingdom of God. I think that a lot of us, this is why it's a, it's a struggle for us because some of us grew up in church and all we heard was that this is all about rules. The church is just all about, man, don't smoke, don't drink. I love my, my pastor used to say this. He said, don't, you know, don't smoke, don't drink, and don't go with girls that do. I, I never get that right. But anyways, I can't. he said it a lot better than I did. But I think it was don't chew and don't go with girls that chew or something like that. I don't know. But for a lot of us, what's sad is that our faith has become about rules. And it's not about identity. It's not about who you are. And I think sometimes you, you need to look in the mirror and, and see the truth. You know, sometimes um, I look in the mirror and I'm like, who is that guy? Because I'm like in my head, I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm 20, but I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh my word, I'm 50. <laughs> Who is that old guy? Get gray haired and all this stuff. And I'm just like, I'm like, oh. But you know, spiritually, when it's the reverse. When you start to look at yourself in the mirror spiritually, it's like, and things start to be re- revealed to you about who you are. It's like, you are like, wow, I can't believe I look so good. <laughs> Man, you start to see yourself spiritually for who you are as a child of God. And you are like, boy, I look good. You kind of want to get a little like, man, I look so good. Do you know if you see yourself as a, a, as a nobody, you'll live your life as a person that sees themselves as a nobody? You'll start parent, parenting as a person that sees themselves as a nobody. You'll be a wife or a husband as a person that sees themselves as a nobody. You will allow people to treat you. Do you know that you're the one that teaches people how to treat you? That if you see yourself as a nobody, you will, treat, you will teach other people how to treat you? Look at this scripture in, in Romans 9.25 that I just read to you. It says, in the place where they yelled out, you're nobody. You know, I think every single one of us has a place. You have a place where you've heard things in your soul. Maybe it was the way your family was and you were embarrassed about your family and maybe a teacher said something about you and or a person said something about you and you have been on a mission from God to prove the world wrong. Maybe a parent, a dad or a mom looked at you and said, you're just like so-and-so. You're never gonna amount to anything and you've been on a mission. That's your place. That somebody yelled at you and said, you are a nobody. 
and it's, it's driven you in your life. And this whole issue of an identity and understanding who you are as a, as a child of God. And the Bible says, in the place where they yelled out, in your place of your past, in your addiction, listen to me, in your addiction, in your failures, in all of the stuff that has happened to you in your life, in the place that yelled out you're a nobody, they're now calling you God's living children. Come on, that, that is exciting to me to think about that I am a son of God. I am a child of God. You, man, I, I encourage you just to go to the, the New Testament and start looking around the New Testament and look at all the you are statements. The you are statements, like for instance, the Bible says you are children of God. You are members of God's family. You are holy and blameless standing before God without a single fault. You are a chosen people. You are, listen to me, you are God. The Bible says you are God's masterpiece. You are the faithful ones meant for better things. You are heirs of God's glory. You're set free from slavery to sin. You're truly free in Christ Jesus. That is awesome to me. You know, sometimes we ought to just have a little pep talk, self-pep talk, that you look at yourself and you start speaking this over your life. You know, words are powerful when it comes to your identity and you understanding who you are. And man, you know, there are different times people say, speak things in my life and it's like, I'm like, wow, that felt good. Like, you know, sometimes, sometimes people will call me Dr. Nut. <laughs> it's a kind of a long story, but my wife is the one that went to school, and she's a doctor and teaches psychology. And isn't it cool to, that she's, like, got that last name, Nut, and she talks about <laughs> psychology? I know y'all think that. You just don't want to say it. I, I think it all the time. I'm like, babe, I got the master plan for marketing for, for this, for therapy and stuff, is we're going to do billboards that says, going nuts. <laughs> Call Dr. Nut. 1-800-whatever. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. <laughs> she does, she's not going for it. I'm like, babe, we could make big time money. And my wife's like, babe, this is serious. People got problems. I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're going nuts and they need a call. <laughs> but you know, sometimes we'll check into a hotel. My wife will, will, will do the reservations and stuff. And, and um, different times, they'll catch on that she's Dr. Nut and and. I'm like at the hotel, and I'll pick up the phone to call down to the front, and I'll say, and they'll answer, yes, sir, Dr. Nutt. I'm like, ooh. I'm like, I feel good that you just called me Dr. Nutt. Will you bring me a 12-pack of Diet Cokes up here to the room real quick? <laughs> i like, you walk around the hotel, it feels good. They're calling you Dr. Nutt. I'm like, I'm feeling good, and like, I don't like to correct them, so I just let them. My wife gets mad because she's like, you didn't go to school all those years. You don't get to get called that. 
We'll be in the room and the phone answers. I'll, I'll be racing to grab the phone because I want them to call me Dr. Nutt. <laughs> but you know what? When, when, when you have and you, you have certain things spoken over your life like that, there, there are certain things that just make you like want to bow up. Do you know that, that when you start to realize who you are in God and your identity, it ought to make you bow up? It, now, listen to me. I'm not talking about a cockiness that you go around as a Christ follower with a ring on your finger and tell everybody to kiss your ring. I'm not saying that. But I'm talking about a confidence that you realize, you know what? I am who God says I am. That I have what it takes to be and do all that God calls me to do in my life. That my identity is, is as a Christ follower, I'm not defined by my past. See, I think that all of us in this place, we face a decision that are you going to make the decision to live out your life with this identity of who God says you are? As a Christ follower, are you going to take a, a catalytic step, a, a leap into that future of your life where you say, I am a child of God and I'm going to get, begin to live that way in my life? Or are you going to live out your life as a Christ follower feeling like a second class citizen, second class type of person that can, does not have what it takes to live out their life? See, it's a decision that you have to take. It's a choice that you have to make. Every single Christ follower, every single one of us has to make this decision. Are you going to live out with the identity of being a child of God? It's your choice. And part of that decision involves baptism. See, baptism, listen to me, baptism is not about salvation. Baptism is about identity. Baptism, when you get baptized, when you get baptized, it, it, is, it has to do with your identity. What you are doing is you are publicly communicating to everybody in your life, that you are a child of God. You are internally that step of faith. Don't ever, listen to me, don't ever let anybody tell you that baptism is not a big deal. There is spiritual power behind the decision to be baptized. That this baptism is not a ritual. It's not something that I just kind of go, well, the church wants me to get baptized, so I think I'm going to go get baptized. Come on. Your identity is tied into this. This is a moment when you are baptized, what you are doing is you are saying, man, I am being raised up to life that as, as I come out of that water, my identity is communicating to God, to everyone on this planet. I am a child of God. This is my identity But you know that, that, that baptism, and I believe that, that this is a work of the enemy, and the enemy has been all about destroying and trying to get you not to believe your true identity in your life. And some of you, he's been working on your life since you were a kid. 
And I believe that this is why the enemy has made baptism so confusing. And baptism, I, I believe, has is, is become one of the most confusing things in churches today. And most of you, and, and I, I just want to talk to you about this for a few moments because I think it's, it's a spiritual power in our life that we need. But most of us, our perception of baptism has everything to do with the way we grow up, the way we grew up. If you grew up Catholic, you believe a baptism a certain way, or Lutheran, you believe a certain way, or, or Baptist, or Assembly of God, whatever way you were brought up, you, you were taught different things about baptism. And what we've said from be, the beginning here at this church is that we're not going to, our, our belief system is not based on religion or a denomination. It's based on what does the Bible say about it. And so what we want to do is, is as when it comes to our faith, we want to follow as closely as we can to what it is that, that the Bible communicates about that. And I want to read this scripture to you. In Matthew three thirteen. it says this, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? And underline this in your Bible, if you underline things, it says, but Jesus said, it should be done. It should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. So we see that when you recognize that you are a child of God, it pleases God. Just a couple important facts that I want you to write down if you're taking notes today is you've got to understand that baptism is very important. In this verse 13 of Matthew chapter 3, you see that Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized. And don't miss this. Do you know that it's 60 miles from the Jordan to the, from Galilee to the Jordan? Jesus walked. This was so important and such a big deal. Jesus actually walked 60 miles to get there. It's a big deal. He demonstrated his commitment to following through. Let me read another scripture to you in Acts chapter 2, verse 37. It says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you. Now, he did not say, Bob, I know you've been in church a long time, so you get a pass. He didn't say, Linda, I know you're a little sensitive about your hair and you don't like people to see you with wet hair, so you get a pass. He didn't say, Frank, I know you're kind of a little scared of water, so you get a pass too. He said, every single one of y'all, it's, it's southern Israel, so he said, y'all. <laughs> That's just 11 o'clock. I don't know where that came from. Um, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourself with, from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So baptism is very, very important. 
It's a major deal. Now, there are some objections. Most of us, again, when I start talking about object, uh, of baptism and you going public with your identity and who you are, I'm talking about you believe so much about who you are in God as a child of God. You're saying, I'm ready to communicate this with such confidence to the world that I'm going to be baptized. And most of us get to that place. And what starts to happen is we start to get all these these objections and all this stuff starts going, all these doubts start happening inside of our head. And like, for instance, some of the things that happen is we start to say, well, what if I've already been baptized before? Do I need to get baptized again? And I think that's a real important question. And I want to be extremely sensitive when I talk about this next part, because I think that a lot of us here, maybe you grew up Catholic and your parents um, had you baptized when you were a baby, or they, maybe you were sprinkled as a baby, and, and you're like, you know what, I was baptized when I was a baby, or sprinkled, or do I need to get baptized again? And I would tell you this is, yes, you need to get baptized. There are no instances in the Bible of babies being baptized. There are no instances in the Bible of babies being sprinkled. And now listen to me. I wouldn't go get mad at your parents and call your priest <laughs> and chew them out. I, listen to me. I would look at that, what's happening in your life as a fulfillment at, of what your parents did when you were a baby. Your parents took you and had you dedicate. Really, it's what we do here is we dedicate children to the Lord. And your parents dedicated you to the Lord. But every instance in the Bible always follows salvation. So the question you have to ask yourself is, have I been baptized since receiving Christ into my life? Now, some of you are like me. You grew up in church and you got, you got baptized maybe about 20 times. I remember as a little kid, every time the pastor talked about baptism, I was like, we get to go swimming. <laughs> they had y'all, how many of y'all grew up in, in church where they had the little tank up in the back? Wasn't that fun? Like, I wanted to get baptized. I didn't know what I was doing. I was clueless. But I wanted to get baptized. And I'd come up with some reason, you know, daddy, the other one didn't take. I want to get baptized again. And some of you are like that. You got baptized as a kid or, you know, you didn't really understand anything that was going on. And now as an adult or as a teenager, you accepted Christ into your life and you are like, you know what, man, my salvation, it means a big deal to me. It changed my life. My salvation, when I accepted Christ in my life, it set me free from this stuff in my life. It changed. I'm a new person. My identity is different. And you know what? I want to come to come face to face with who I am as a child of God, and I'm ready to step out and be baptized. You should be baptized. Baptism always follows salvation. It doesn't matter if you've been married, not married, I almost said been married 20 times. No. <laughs> Some of you are like, I like this church. No. You can't get married 20 times. I'm sorry. <sighs> 
There are, you go study and look and see every single reference to baptism. It always came after people met Jesus. Another big objection people say is, man, I'm just a private person, Pastor Stephen, and Jesus, I love Jesus. I come to church and I love him, but this whole thing is a private thing for me. And I would tell you, let's talk about Jesus and his baptism. And Jesus did not make it private. Jesus went and was baptized in the Jordan, the most public place you can imagine. He found the, the, the Jordan River was where everyone went to wash their clothes, where they went to, to get water for their animals, where they went to cool off in the heat of the day. There were tons of people there. There were a lot, a lot of people. This is why we go to Hawaiian Falls. It's a public place. It's a big deal. This is why we tell you, you need to invite every friend, every family member, anybody you can get a hold of, you need to invite them because they need to see what's happened in your life. And I know some of you are, are here and that maybe, man, you've been a Christian for 20 years and you're like, you know what? I really was not baptized right in my life. And maybe somebody didn't really teach you this, you know, and you maybe got baptized with a baby or you got baptized a bunch of times before you got saved or whatever your story is. And now you're like, man, I've been a, I've been a Christian for 25 years or 30 years it's kind of embarrassing a little bit that I'm going to get baptized. And we've listened to me. Last year, we had over 200 people get baptized. And, and we have all these different conversations with people. And I, I, I remember having a conversation with a lady in her 70s and was telling kind of the same story. And we were it's like a little embarrassed and stuff. I was like, man, this is a powerful moment in your life. And if you're a dad or a mom here, your kids need to see you and understand that you, what, what, what your identity is in the kingdom of God. They need to see you as a dad, as a mom, say, I am a child of God. I am not defined by, by my past. I'm not defined by what the enemy says about me. But more importantly than, than even what people are going to say about you, because, listen, it's going to be inspiring and challenging for people to, to say, wow, I can't believe this. This is incredible in their life. What's going to happen internally, spiritually, with the Spirit of God coming on you at that moment, when you, when you go down into that water, I promise you, listen to me, your identity, it is something that I pray that God helps you see more and more that you are a child of God that you have what it takes to be the man, to be the woman, to be the husband, the, the, the wife, whatever, whatever place you find yourself in life, you have what it takes because you are a child of God. Now, one last area is that, that I think a lot of times happens to us is that we're like, well, Pastor Stephen, I love this, and man, I want to get baptized, but I just got to get some stuff worked out in my life. Man, I've heard this a lot. I just got some things I've got to work out. I'm still struggling with some stuff, and, and you know what? If I can get through this, this area and get this all worked out, and you know, when I get kind of all the T's crossed and the I's dotted, I'm going to get baptized. And I would just tell you this is that baptism is not about perfection. It's not. It's about identity. It's about your identification with God in that you are showing who you are in the kingdom of God. 
And your baptism is a part of your process of becoming whole. See, you think about this for a moment, that a lot of us, the one step we're missing in our life is taking that step of understanding who we are. We've tried everything under the sun to change. And it's tied into that. We don't really understand who we are. I believe there are people here that you are right on the verge of some of the greatest spiritual breakthroughs in your life through this step of your of taking this this step of saying I am going public with my identification that I am a child of God. I think of the story of of this guy um, in Acts chapter 8 that he sees some water and he's like I want to get baptized. In Acts chapter 8, verse 36, it says, As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? Another translation puts it, What prevents me from being baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. This wasn't church water. It wasn't perfect water. It wasn't a perfect situation. He wasn't a perfect man. He knew that he wanted to be to go public with his faith and who he was. And so he's like, there's some water. I'm getting baptized right now. You know, I think a lot of us, we procrastinate with with what we know God has commanded us to do. You know that there are things you don't need to pray about? That God commands you to do it and you need to do it because he commands you to do it and just trust him. And to say, God, I, I... I don't have it all together, but God, I, I, man, I receive my identity. I receive who I am in Christ. I want you to take this blue card that you have on your seat. And I want you to hold it in your hand for just a few moments. And I want to ask you just to close your eyes for just a, just a few moments. Like I said a few moments ago, you know, it doesn't really matter if you've been a Christian for 30 years or maybe a Christian for one year and what your story is when it comes to baptism. What I'm talking about today is this identity that you have in God. That you making the decision To say that I want everybody on this planet and I want to communicate to my own soul, to my own life, who I am. That this is a moment I need to make this decision. This is a moment that I I need to cross over into that of my new identity. Father, I pray for every single one of us today. God, I pray that you would open our eyes and we would see who we are.
God, what are we not doing in our life that you want us to do, that you see us doing, but we can't see ourselves doing it? God, may we see through the lens that you see us. God, may we see that in this room there are giant slayers. God, I pray that in this room that we would begin to see the way you see us. That we would be able to rise up and say, I'm taking my first step of going public with this identity and with my faith that I am a child of God. That I'm going to be baptized. And it is going to be the beginning of a, a new life. Father, I speak, God, victory over every person. God, I I speak blessing over every person. God, I know that, God, you've created us to be overcomers. God, I pray for those that are here today. God, whatever they're struggling with, insecurities. God, whatever they're struggling with, the past of forgiving themselves. God, the shame, all of the stuff that comes, all the baggage that comes in our life. God, may we be released God, may we be set free the moment we go down into the water and come back out of that water. God, may it transform us, God. Father, we thank you for this, God, in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.